Welcome to another exciting episode here on Lunch Table Talk. My name's Karan, and today's going to be a very special one. We're going to just give you nothing but Super Bowl pregame, our reaction to after the game, and a few other exciting things as far as our reaction to Monique on Club Shay Shay, the uh, Kobe Bryant statue, and many, many more. Hope you enjoy. Play the intro. Today is an unofficial holiday, even though it is a Sunday and it's February 11th. It's the big game. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Now, the 49ers and Chiefs will kick off in a few hours, but there's a lot of things that go on prior to the game, and that is the pre-show and all the analysis and everything else. And throughout the years of Super Bowl Sunday, we all have been slave to what happens prior to the game. Whether you watch a movie, whether you go out and run your errands and make sure you have enough to come back to make sure you don't miss the singing of the national anthem, whatever it is that you do prior to the big game being kicked off. Now, once the game is kicked off, a lot of us will be in the zone. So ladies and some gentlemen that want your partner's attention, just remember that once the game kicks off, you might as well leave them alone until halftime. And even now at halftime, Usher is going to be performing. So you might just be SOL on getting some attention between the hours of 6 and probably 11 this evening. Now, I want to give you my analysis prior to the game. And I will give you our analysis after the game. Now, today we're going to see two incredible teams that went through the gauntlet. Um, let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs. For them, this is an opportunity to what people will call a dynasty. Three out of four, that puts you in rare air. Same with the San Francisco 49ers of the 80s, the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s, as well as the New England Patriots of the early 2000s. For Patrick Mahomes, it puts him closer to even having a GOAT debate with Tom Brady. I still think he has to leapfrog Joe Montana, but he now enters in a very illustrious situation if he wins this game. Also, they have been through so much this season that who knows if they'll be back next year because everyone in their division, for the most part, has upgraded in certain areas. So this could be Kansas City's last opportunity to win a Super Bowl. I said may, but let's just see what happens. Right now, the things that have plagued them all season has not shown up in the playoffs. They had wide receivers not catching passes, not running the correct routes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes being frustrated at certain points of the offense because if you isolate and pretty much take Travis Kelsey out, they don't have any other alternatives except for maybe running the football or him running the football 
this year Kansas City does have an elite defense. They have shown up the last couple of weeks, the last couple of games in the playoffs. But they've had two weeks of practice. I'm just wondering what new plays, what new wrinkles that Andy Reid will put in. And for Andy Reid, this is also another illustrious territory for him. He will enter a, once again, rare air along with Patrick Mahomes. But once again, you must capitalize on your opportunities to get to the Super Bowl. After all, it is not a guarantee that you'll always be here. Not for their opponent. Five years ago, they lost to these same Kansas City Chiefs. And it's been an odyssey to get back. They've changed quarterbacks a couple times. They've had some disappointments that have derailed their opportunity to claim another Lombardi trophy. We don't have to name what those are, but just look back at them. The Rams in the NFC Championship game, Garoppolo could not lead his team back down the field. Or the missed interception attempt in that same game that could have ended the drive before Matthew Stafford and company got into the end zone. Or how about last year's NFC Championship game in which both quarterbacks got hurt and all they could do is run the football and Philadelphia ends up going to the Super Bowl. This year, the 49ers have been on a mission, a mission of redemption over the last few years. And right now, they are 60 minutes away from getting that done. For Brock Purdy, it's an opportunity for finally to get rid of that label of being Mr. Irrelevant, to being the greatest seventh round pick that's ever been picked. But if you look at the history of people who've made it, who've been picked in the seventh round, there's only one other guy that comes to mind, and that came to me this morning, and that was Shannon Sharp. I'm just surprised he's not talked about his rise of being a seventh round pick all the way to being a Hall of Famer. But that's a different story and for a different show. But for the 49ers, they got their own obstacles they got to worry about, such as will they be able to hold up in the run game? Can they be physical in the defensive line? Because Green Bay ran on them, and the Lions really ran on them. And in both games, they had to come from behind to win those two playoff games. Now, don't get me wrong. It is, it is humanly possible for the 49ers to come out and just be swinging. But Kyle Shanahan's been in this position before when he was the court, offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. Remember 28-3? That is something he definitely wants to get off his resume. But once again, there are three things I'm going to iterate in this situation for the 49ers. To start with, I already mentioned they couldn't stop the run in those last two playoff games. Secondly, will the moment be too big for their quarterback? So far, he has exceeded all expectations. He's been exceeding all expectations to the point where that shouldn't even be an issue. But now we're in the biggest game of their sport, which is the Super Bowl. Everyone who gets to this point don't always come through. But the ones that do become legendary. And third, will their offense dictate against that good, vaunted Kansas City defense? Kansas City's defense has been outstanding this entire season. But San Francisco has more weapons, I believe, that the Chiefs have seen all season long. So this should be a great matchup. But the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs has been is just Hall of Fame worthy. He finds a way to stymie the other team's offense. 
almost making you reminiscent about how Bill Belichick used to have a sign in the um in in the locker room said run Thurman run. Let's go let Thurman run, but we're gonna stop everybody else. I'm just wondering what Stagnolia is gonna come up with to pretty much handicap the 49ers. All in all, I do believe this should be an excellent game. I'm going with the Chiefs 34-31. Patrick Patrick Mahomes on the last game-winning drive down the field. He finds Travis Kelsey for some kooky reason. He finds a way to get open. He's going to make the winning touchdown. And they're going to go into the box and show his brother and Taylor Swift all getting excited. But I don't think the game will end on that. I think the game will end with the Niners trying to go back down the field to score. And unfortunately, they do not. The question will be, will it be an interception or will it be a crucial sack? But I believe this is going to be the Chiefs' Super Bowl to lose, not to win. So that's my analysis prior to the game. What's on the menu for Super Bowl Sunday? Today is probably the biggest day for junk food. That means pizza, that means chicken wings, chicken dings. That means it's probably a long line outside every chicken joint, or for the most part, some people probably have already uh, picked up their chicken, or people are eating chili, people have ordered pizza. Like I said, today is the biggest day for junk food. So, with that being said, what is your favorite junk food to eat during this game? Please leave it in the comments. But for me, I'm a Dorito guy. I'm a chip guy. So, eating chips today is acceptable. Um, having juice or pop is very, very, really exceptional. And now the question is, where do you watch the game at? I know several people will be getting together to meet over certain people's homes to watch the game and have and it's like a party atmosphere whether your team's in it or not um i've been invited over the years to several people's homes to watch the game including uh some very memorable times over my cousin buster's house um the last few years i've been at home to watch it on my television because i have a very nice size television um this year i've been invited to a couple places but more than likely i'll probably stay home Cause I got like a lingering cough I'm trying to just get rid of and I really don't want to pass it on to anybody else. But I believe it's in its final stages because we're pretty much, um, it, it kind of comes and goes. It's not like it was earlier in the week. But also, halftime. Are you looking forward to Usher's performance? And what songs do you think he's going to perform? He had a residency in Las Vegas, so... Like he told Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay, he has been preparing for this moment. But for me, as I'm recording this episode, I'm going to dip out real quick and run a few errands, grab a couple bags of chips, probably grab some chicken and be on my way back to the house and time up to watch the game. Do you have your snacks for the game? And if you do, once again, leave it in the comments what you got.
probably what 50 minutes before kickoff and i just want to ask this one question does the kansas city chiefs already have a dynasty or winning the super bowl means that they are officially a dynasty check this out they've been to six consecutive afc championship games they finally played their first one on the road patrick mahomes has been to the Super Bowl four out of six years of going to the AFC Championship. He's only lost two of them. One to Tom Brady, one to Joe Burrow. He's going for his third Super Bowl in four tries. The Super Bowl that he lost was against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So my question is, does winning this championship solidify that they have a dynasty? Or the dynasty's already been, in a sense, set? Winning is very important. I'm not saying it's everything, but to some people, it's the only thing. Remember, Jordan won six championships in eight years. That's considered a dynasty. The Lakers won three consecutive championships in the early 2000s. No team has ever three-peated since them. That, in my opinion, is a dynasty. The New England Patriots in the 2000s won plenty of one Super Bowl after Super Bowl. They were the last team to go back to back. But we must not look at the other side because the 49ers have an opportunity to join an illustrious club. See, there's two clubs in the NFL right now that have six Lombardi trophies. That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. But for win today, here on February 11, 2024, the Niners would join that illustrious group. You would have Montana, Young, and now Purdy. That's a nice way to, of ending your season and ending anyone saying you're a game manager. Don't matter if you're a game manager, you're now considering yourself a Super Bowl champion. But across the way, like I said earlier in this episode, it's got to go against Patrick Mahomes. But isn't it kind of cute and funny how now everyone is looking at Brock Purdy and they're all, you know, in adulation and everything else. The same way you looked at Patrick Mahomes. Remember? Oh, this is the kid that throws no-look passes. This is the cat that throws for 5,000 yards his first time starting at 50 touchdowns. MVP of the league. He wins his first Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Yay, Chiefs Kingdom is now reborn. Goes out of Tampa, he loses to Tom Brady, y'all. But then there's a redemption. He comes back and he beats Philadelphia. Yay! After, prior to that, he loses to Joe Burrow. Now they get back and they do beat Tom Brady. Excuse me. Now he's on the verge of winning back-to-back Super Bowls for the first time since the Patriots last in. And there's a lot of residual hate. There's a lot of residual hate out there. Oh, man, they just got lucky. Man, you know what? They that that call they made last year, they shouldn't have made that call. But when you're the champ, they, they give you those breaks. So honestly, for the Chiefs, this is the this is for opportunity for them to be a dynasty. And at 28 years old, three Super Bowls in four years, Patrick Mahomes would be in a tier all by himself. You'd have to put Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson in their own little bubble. Because now those guys are going to fight for number two. Number one, undisputably, is going to be Patrick Mahomes. 
even if they lose this game, he's still going to be the best quarterback in the league. But it's going to be a little doubt. You, you can kind of like have someone come around and say, eh, he's the best quarterback. You have a little debate. Not a large debate, but a little debate. With the Super Bowl win, it would make Patrick Mahomes undoubtedly his 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 space between those other three guys, Grand Canyon style space. Like I said before, Dark Knight feeling like die or be a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. I went from the favorite to the most hated, rather being underpaid or overrated. That was Jay Z's lyric in the Kanye West song "So a Paul, So a Paul." But to be, to be honest, that's how life really truly is. In the beginning, people love you because you are the underdog. People cheer for you. They'll root for you. They, they want what you're bringing. Until all of a sudden, you bring in so much. You bring in all the time. It's almost like they're sick and tired of you. It's time for a new person to arrive. It's a time for a new person to ascend to the throne. That doesn't just happen in sports, it happens in music, it happens in just about anything that we do here in America. But my question is, unless you're a loyal, loyal fan and you really appreciate winning, then you'll never understand why these players strive so hard to not just build a legacy, but also make a dynasty. So happens that unfortunately in overtime, McCole Hartman got the third yard touchdown from Patrick Mahomes. With less than three seconds to go as the game ticked away in OT. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, back-to-back Super Bowl champions. But I will say this: the San Francisco 49ers dominated this game on both lines of scrimmage in the first half. Kansas City couldn't do anything but get a field goal. Actually, the score going into halftime was 10-3. And I still have some faith that the Kansas City was going to make a game of it because I felt like a couple of the penalties, turnovers, and maybe a few, few plays here and there that the 49ers could have made could have probably blew this game open. I'm not going to dive too deep into that because... I feel like all the pundits and everyone will dive into that tomorrow. And I believe that Brock Purdy's already feeling the results of not maybe executing a few more plays. And that's just self-reflection. I actually think he played a great game. And I actually believe that he's he's basically played out his contract. First and foremost, um... If it wasn't for that bad special team, it was two bad special teams things that happened to the Niners. The missed extra point, 
and the ball touching uh, such and such leg in which the returner had to try to get the ball but lost the ball and gave Kansas City excellent field position. And on one play, they hit Valdez Scantling for a touchdown. They put him actually in the league for the first time of the game. What does Brock Purdy do? He just takes him back down the field, and he scores a touchdown with Juwana Jennings, who now has thrown a touchdown pass and has caught a touchdown pass. And they go ahead 16-13. Should have been 17-13, but that's where the block extra point come in at. And I believe that changed the complexion of the game. The Niners go back down, and instead of scoring a touchdown, being inside the red zone, they settle for another field goal. That's what made it 19-16. Patrick Mahomes, with time left on the clock, was able to go down the field, and they got themselves a field goal. Now, if you look back on the one replay, it looked like what's name was open. And they might have won the game, but he went to his go-to, which is Travis Kelsey. In overtime, uh, the 49ers get the ball. They are within scoring a touchdown. Now, the game isn't over if he scores a touchdown, but instead they're held to three points again. And now you're asking that defense – that's lost Greenlaw that's been playing pretty good to go and stop Patrick Mahomes from winning the Super Bowl. You're asking a guy who has no kryptonite, who so far has been playing pretty good, but not great, to go stop Superman. Superman takes his team down the field and they score. So now the question you have to ask yourself is, do the Chiefs have a dynasty? Yes, they do. They have won three championships in the Mahomes era out of what? Four tries in the Super Bowl. They've beaten the Niners twice. And they beat Philadelphia, but only lost to Tampa Bay. Six NFC Championship game appearances. Four Super Bowl trips. Three championships. That's a dynasty. And he already said at the end, we're just getting started. We're going for the trifecta. They're going for the hat trick. Now, this was not their best team, people. By a show of hands, it is not their best team. But they still went out and executed as if they had every position on lock with all pros. They figured out a way to win the biggest game on the biggest stage. To quote Rudy Tomjanovich, you should never underestimate the heart of a champion. Much, much, much is given to the guy who wears the crown. And King Patrick Mahomes is sitting on the throne. I told you earlier, if he wins, he has now put himself in a different echelon of quarterbacks. He is now in a position, currently, he is the best quarterback in the game, period. There's no ifs, there's no questions, there's no hee-haw 
when you say who's the best quarterback, his name should be mentioned first. And then you can have a debate on who's number two. And I give some people who are now in the class who can say they can be number two. You can say Lamar Jackson first, two-time NFL Most Valuable Player. You can even say Josh Allen. You can say Joe Burrow, who has beaten Patrick Mahomes in an AFC Championship game in Kansas City. And now I'm going to add another quarterback you can debate with, and that is now Brock Purdy. I will put him ahead of Dak Prescott because he took his team to a place that Dak has yet to ascend his team to. Yes, I'm going to put him in that second tier of quarterbacks at fighting for number two. You can also put Jalen Hurts when he's right. You can put Tonga Tyalua, etc., and etc. Brock Purdy showed me a lot. He showed me the moment was not too big for him. Now, could he have made a few more plays? Sure. But he's going against a Spagnolia defense. And that guy may be the greatest defensive coordinator of all time. May. There's one other guy that I can say is better. And that's Bill Belichick. But the Niners, they shouldn't hold their head too low. They shouldn't hold it too low. And I'm not going to shit on them as hard as most of you might think. I actually think they probably were robbed on a couple of possessions in this game. But thank God that the Kansas City Chiefs won because I did not want to hear my cousin and his son talk about how great the 49ers were. I'm sorry, Ty. I love you. I love your brother, but not this year. Not this year. But now you have to ask the question, if not this year, but when? When will the 49ers win? See, football is a very weird sport. It's probably the most... It must be the most level playing field you'll ever see in competitive sports for professionals. Meaning this, for the Chiefs to achieve what they've achieved, that means they have built an incredible organization that has sustained excellence over a length of time. Think about this for a second. When was the last time you see an organization go to six consecutive conference championship games? Out of those six, they make it to four Super Bowls. And then out of those four Super Bowls, they win three of them. Sound like the New England Patriots, don't it? Or it could have been the Baltimore Ravens. Either way it go, you have to have great organizational skills. You have to have a great GM in place. You have to have a head coach who's willing to instruct his system. You got to go and get the players to execute what you want done on the field. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have done that. They have done that without a shadow of a doubt. Now going into next season, the 49ers are favored at this moment at a plus 550 to get an avenge for the Super Bowl loss. The Chiefs are second. I think I saw the Bills and the Lions were fifth. But here's the funny thing about next year. See, right now, the NFL offseason doesn't start, I believe, until March. Then you'll have the draft. And then from there, probably prior to the draft, they'll probably have like free agency or something. But every team is going to look to get better. 
You don't think the Lions are going to not get better? You don't think Philadelphia is not thinking about what they could have done this year? Do you think that, you know, the new head coaching hires, they're not going to make a huge contribution to their teams this first season go around? It's tricky, man. I don't know if we'll see the Kansas City Chiefs back in the Super Bowl, but I wouldn't bet against them. I told you that a long time ago. I would never bet against Patrick Mahomes. Just think about this for a second, y'all. This man did not play his best game, but he found a way to get it done. He found a way to get it done. Patrick Mahomes' stat line goes as this. 34 of 46, 333 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked three times this game. His QBR is 75.8. Is that good? His rating is 99.3. He had more rushing yards than Pachenko. He had 66 yards. Travis Kelsey had nine receptions for 93 yards. Longest was 22. All I'm telling you is this. It don't matter if you got all pros at every position doesn't matter you have an unbreakable scheme the question is can you execute it when the time costs you to execute it now on the other side of it Kyle Shanahan he's a mad genius but this is twice he, he has been on the wrong side of an overtime in the Super Bowl he was a coordinator in Atlanta when that collapse happened he's the head coach right now well, what's going on at this very moment of his team collapsing in the Super Bowl I wouldn't even call it a collapse. I wouldn't even call it an epic failure. He was going against Patrick Mahomes. It just tells you that you cannot leave without any shadow of a doubt to get this man any time on the clock because he's going to make it work. That one play before regulation was over and they had they were forced to kick a field goal, if they got a first down, they could have bled the clock out and won with that kick. Instead of having to kick the ball and have to play extremely defense to stop that guy. Because that guy's going to find a way. That guy's going to find a way to get it done. That guy understood the moment. That guy wanted to be known as a walking, talking, living legend. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. But more importantly, welcome to the tier one of quarterbacks, Brock Purdy. I know some of y'all will say he's already been there, but the whole world knows it. So guess what, San Francisco? Y'all need to pay this brother. And I don't mean wait a year from now. You need to pay this brother right now. He's earned the money. I'm going to say that right now. He's earned the money. Now, would I pick him as my top five quarterback? Sure, he's number five, currently playing in the league. But Patrick Mahomes, he's that guy. He will always be that guy until someone knocks him off. Once again, congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to Kansas City. Salute. I'd like to take this moment out as a quick talking interlude of a moment in Black History Month. 
Did you know these five things occurred in, in this month? It began as a week in February in 1926. Dr. Carter G. Woodson, the father of black history, started it. He was a son of formerly enslaved parents and a Harvard scholar. He also founded the Modern Day Association a Study of African Americans' Life and History in 1915. The second week of February was chosen to coincide with the birth dates of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. In 1976, the week expanded to a month and U.S. President Gerald Ford officially declared February as Black History Month. The ASALH set the theme every year. In 2024, it is African Americans and the arts. There's more you can look up on online or just Google. As a kid, my parents always expressed that Black History Month was more than just a month of February. It's an exploration for all of us to know deep down, deep dive into the history of, of famous African Americans that only not only just enhanced this country, but enhanced the world. See, there's a lot of things that we are responsible for that some of us don't even know. And the more that you know, the further you will go. And the more that you know, you will not repeat the curses and bad things that have happened to our African-American brothers and sisters of, of the past. So knowing your history is very important. I just wanted to take this time out and at least state those five things. Because I didn't know those things and I figured they were important for me to share with you. Now back to the rest of the episode. I hope you enjoy. Thank you. So Monique is the latest truth teller on Club Shay Shay now. She laid out a lot of her burdens at the altar and a few people named D.L. Hughley responded. Now, I'm not going to go into what he has said, but he, he sounded very upset. You can check it out on his Instagram page. Now, there are a few things that I got from the interview that I will now tell you guys. First and foremost, um, I'm going to read my contract. And any questions I got, I'm going to ask. That's one thing I learned from the interview. Like, you need to understand what these words mean before you sign your name on a dotted line. Number two, even if you're helping someone out, you still need to be compensated. She said that almost Christmas, that a lot of the parts that she was doing, she's supposed to be doing a cameo. So when I think of cameo, that means you just showed up and you're gone. She pretty much was throughout the entire movie. That's not a fucking cameo. I don't know if she got reimbursed. I have to watch the interview again, but if I'm going to do a favor for you, I'm going to need a bigger favor down the, down the road. Three, um, understand the relationship that you have with people. Understand that if they're really friends, friends don't fuck over friends. If they're associates, then you expect to get what you're going to get out of the association. And last but not leastly, understand your business if someone told you that the show that you're on is making 500 million dollars why aren't you asking for a bigger contract 
if my show is making over 500 million dollars and i'm only getting paid the last season of my show fifty-five thousand dollars per episode that's some bullshit because i know jerry seinfeld got a million dollars and his show was number one so if my show is generating 500 million dollars because that's what she said i should be getting at least a quarter one a quarter of a million or five hundred thousand per episode not 55 oh wait to syndication wait to syndication and here's the effed up part you are already in syndication by what by season three or season four so once you saw that that's when you're supposed to go to your agent and say hey i need more money or we're gonna have to put a halt to this see i always look at it from this standpoint you can't always be the victim at some point you got to stand up for yourself and get what you rightfully deserve now i'm not saying monique has not done that i'm not saying monique has not fought for that but those are some of the things i got from the interview now you watch it and you tell me did i miss something because i probably missed a few things because some of it just didn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't believe the Parkers made $500 million. And then you're telling me now, as y'all did residuals to see what it's worth, they're saying the Parkers made no money. So which one is it? They either made $500 million or they made nothing. Like I said before, I don't want to just fully believe that someone will get on someone else's content and just exaggerate about certain things i would like to take people at their truth which brings me to the last jewel i'm going to give you it's not a matter of a person saying and sticking by their words it's also them saying saying oh i'm sorry it's not about whether or not a person sticks by their word it's also about their actions see you can tell me anything but if, you, if your body language and, and who you are and how you move doesn't dictate what you're saying, I'm not gonna believe shit you got to talk. I don't believe shit you're saying at all. Because after all, when it's all said and done, all you have is your word, all you have is your actions. And once you fuck over the both of those, how can I trust you? We have to start from scratch if we're gonna work and do anything, because even then I still not gonna really fully trust you. Just make sure the check is right. If the check ain't right, then it's like, psh, we have nothing here. We might as well incrementally just break this all apart and just go our separate ways. I wish you no harm. I hope you wish me no harm. And I hope your future endeavors do never cross over to mine or in effect with what I'm trying to get done. I just feel like in a sense, and then you're an Oscar winner. And you're saying Tyler Perry blackballed you? Hmm. Okay. I've never heard of Denzel Washington, who's a two-time Oscar winner, being blackballed. Never heard of Halle Berry being blackballed. I've never heard of Whoopi Goldberg being blackballed. All Oscar winners, Golden Globe winners, Emmy. I've heard some people say certain people are just difficult to work with, and they're even divas, and they still end up working with them. So what makes you very unique and special? All I'm saying is, hey, Monique spoke her truth. All of you that don't believe in it or have anything else to add on top of that, please come forward to the altar and lay your 
offering down at the at the at the altar. Other than that, keep on keeping on, Monique. You got my support. After all, until someone proves that what you said is this truth is this is not true, I gotta take you at your word. I don't I don't hang out with you every day. I don't grind with you every day. Um, I do know the performance you gave in BMF was awesome. I hope to see more of you in BMF in the new season. I just hope you find your true happiness and I hope people finally give you the respect that you are asking for or not asking or demanding for because you're done asking. That's just my two cents on her interview with Club Shay Shay. the Super Bowl this week, we've also unveiled a new statue in Los Angeles. That is right, y'all. Kobe Bryant has a statue now. And I must say, the statue is very beautiful. It's very articulate. And when they popped the rope and the confetti came out, I knew exactly what moment they took that from. They took that from his 81-point game when he walked off the court and he saluted the crowd. And almost make you want to bring tears to your eye because it seemed like just yesterday he did that against that Toronto Raptors team. Could you imagine having 25 points in the first half and then you turn around and score 56 in the second half? Do you know how incredible that is? That may be the greatest shooting performance of all time. I know Will had 100 points, but there's no footage of Will scoring 100 points. We just have the stat line and the photos. Kobe Bryant's performance in that game will go down as the greatest shooting performance ever because we have video evidence to show everyone. And I believe at that in this point in time of how the modern game is being played, he showed you how being a well-conditioned athlete, having footwork, having the mental focus to go out and carry out such a mission can be done over and over and over again. Earlier that season, he had scored 62 points against the Dallas Mavericks. As far as I know, he's the only player to ever outscore the whole NBA team, and they were up by 25. During the ceremony, everyone was sitting in anticipation, waiting to see what would the statue look like. From Jeannie Buss to even his wife giving the most funniest moment of the entire ceremony which is Kobe picked out the pose and if you don't like it quoting Miss Vanessa Bryant tough shit she has become more accustomed to being out in public and speaking more about her lovely husband and defending his legacy <coughs> excuse me but to find out there's going to be two other statues 
that even that even irked me a little bit because I was like, wow, they're gonna give him three statues in all. Wow, that's incredible. I can't wait to see what the other two look like. Because in all actuality, people, I actually thought it was gonna be two versions of Kobe Bryant on this particular statue they were gonna put in front of the crypto arena. My first thought was you're gonna have 24 Kobe being guarded by number eight Kobe. And it would be it would give it away because he had a fro. The other statue would have been number eight Kobe and number 24 Kobe with their arms around each other, with 24 Kobe with his hand raised to say, like almost welcome to the crypto arena, the house that I built. But the fact of the matter is that they're gonna put another statue up. It wonders what the pose will be. And since the first pose is with him saluting the crowd after his 81-point performance, I do believe the 24 one will be him on the scorer's table. With his arms stretched wide, with the championship hat on from 2010, to let everybody know the Mamba is back. Or it could be his classic fadeaway. Who really knows? But right now, I'm in anticipation of seeing this second uh, statue drop. And I don't think they've even scheduled a date for it. But everyone gave great edelus about Kobe Bryant. The statue looks awesome. The same guy who did Michael Jordan's statue in front of the United Center, the same guy that did this one. I know there are people out there who probably will say they don't like it or don't even look like him. But it's just the point. The statue is supposed to represent him. And for the most part, it looks like him. It feels like him. But it's not really him. So you would prefer to have him here in the physical, but instead we're going to have to deal with him being here in the spiritual, along with his lovely daughter and all those other people who were on that helicopter that fateful day. Legends are to be remembered, not forgotten. And we must keep this in mind when we're talking about Kobe Bryant. Yes, he could have probably achieved a few other things to even be in the GOAT conversation, but in my opinion, he's in the GOAT conversation. Does he win the GOAT debate? Probably not. But it all depends on what the criteria we're looking for. I will go down and say this. If you believe Magic Johnson is still the greatest Laker of all time, you're entitled to your opinion. The mere fact that giving this brother three statues just tells you He's the greatest Laker of all time. And that's just my two cents. conclude this episode I just want to take a brief moment and give a hearty shout out to the Detroit Lions again for giving us a wonderful season I believe if they were in the Super Bowl they probably would have won that's just my opinion it would have been a better game little, little, little jab but no offense the 49ers deserve to be there they were the better team all jokes, not kidding aside, thank you for listening. Um, please subscribe if you haven't. And until next time, stay safe. Peace.